what is it, Healthy People 2030. Yeah. Um, they they have included access to nutritious foods and physical ac- activity opportunities as being an example of one of those social determinants of health that we really haven't done a great job of helping to address. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Project Podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have a great guest uh, with me today. I have um, the president and chief science officer uh, at the American Council on exercise, or some of us know that's ACE. I have uh, Dr. Cedric Bryant here. Uh, Cedric, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me as a guest. Yeah. So, you know, before we get into the topic at hand, how about uh, if you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself and really what gets you up in the morning? Well, I'll tell you, what gets me up in the morning is is really our organizational mission, which is to get people moving And I think because of our name being the American Council on Exercise, I think people don't fully understand what we mean by that mission. And really what we're talking about is getting people moving toward adopting and maintaining healthier lifestyles. And if if the last two years plus haven't shown us anything, it's the importance of of, uh, leading and and living a healthy lifestyle. physical activity being a significant component of, mm-hmm. of that healthy lifestyle. Right. And I, I like how you said, you know, adopting a, a healthier lifestyle and, and movement being a part of that. And um, with what we're talking about today, that being so important, especially in our underserved communities and these populations mm-hmm. where um, exercise may be the, the cheapest and the easiest thing to, to do for, and depending on where you're at in the country uh, mm-hmm. and getting these people you know, active. So my, my first question to you is, um, is, is there a place we can start improving inactivity in these underserved populations to have more of a population health impact? Sure. And, and I'll, I kind of go back to early in my career in terms of when you, uh, I was involved either directly or peripherally with some uh, studies where there were exercise interventions that were targeted to such communities. And, and it was always a frustration of mine that you would go in, you, you do these studies, you, you provide this service, if you will, through the intervention and you get magnificent results. But then once the study concluded, people were left on to their own devices to continue. And that's why when I talk about the ACE mission of getting people moving, it isn't just to get people to start is to get them to stick, that, that idea of that maintenance uh, phase to, to the journey. And so it was. It really has been a personal frustration of mine that many uh, research groups will go in and help these populations to with 
to get their studies completed. But in terms of thinking about the sustainability of the impact, that is oftentimes an an afterthought and not even a thought. And so one of the things that I also found is that making sure that you identify some of those community leaders and advocates within the space because they already have established trust with the community members. And what I found, that is vital to forming any meaningful relationship. If you can't establish that that trust foundation, it's difficult to really have an effective relationship, particularly when you're asking people to make changes which aren't that easy to make. And so I think it really starts by identifying who some of the community advocates are and giving them the tools and resources to be able to effectuate change within their communities. And there there are a couple of uh, great examples of some organizations that we work with. Um, One is a little known group called Three Wins, which is up in um, the north area of of California, where they, uh, it's a a college professor at Cal State Northridge uh, by the name of Dr. Stephen Roy, where he had this great idea of trying to provide his kinesiology students with practical real-world experience that goes with their academic training and learning. Because many of these students will learn all of the uh, exercise science. They can, they can you know, t- tell you about energy metabolism, all these things. But when it comes to working with real people and helping them change their lives, they get little, little or no experience or training in that regard. So his idea behind three wins is that his students would win by getting this hands-on experience in and going into this largely underserved Hispanic community that the community members would win by getting this training and supervision with physical activity by the students and the community at large would, would win because there was a park that was in really kind of disrepair and by initiating this program, they were able to revitalize the park. They were able to offer uh, free, supervised exercise training classes for individuals at, at multiple levels. Think of kind of beginner, um, right. kind of intermediate and advanced. And they're there together, you know, as a community, exercising three days a week. The, the park got cleaned up. These people, I, I tell you, every time I go up there to observe what's happening, I, you know, I, I feel very gratified because that's really a way in which we can truly impact individuals' lives. And that, that's, that's the reason why an organization like ACE exists is to do public benefit. And so we, we sponsored that program in terms of what's with uh, research dollars as well as scholarship dollars so that they're kinesiology students could get the ACE uh, certification so they could lead those exercises um, with a bit more kind of training and experience. And so that, that's one great example where um, they, they're, they've been able to get to 10 locations now, and they're, they're probably affecting about 1,200 or so lives. And wow. so what we'd like to be able to do is to be able to replicate that in other communities and other areas. Um, another example is um, a group called Sports Backers, which is based in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, several years ago, Richmond, Virginia, you know, you know, they do those surveys of 
the, the, the most fit and the least fit uh, yeah. communities, yeah. Mm-hmm. they were among one of the least fit. And so their community leaders said, hey, we got to change this. And so they started this program um, uh, called Sports Backers, where, again, they work within the community to provide physical activity, some basic um, nutrition counseling and education to the community. And, and we've been supporting them, again, with the education and training of the folks who deliver this within their communities. And so I think there are a lot of opportunities rather than trying to create something from scratch as, as an organization like ACE to say, okay, we've got this program. We're going to come descend on this community and, and, and show them all the great things we can do for them. We believe a better model is going in and partnering with those in the community who already have a passion for trying to change the health profile within those communities and see how we can come alongside and support them. Right. And not only are, it sounds like not only are you improving the, the health of these people, you're really changing the culture of some of these communities. I'm assuming the culture in these communities was not a active first, you know, health first community. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, as, as you know, Corey, it's, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it, the, the zip code in which we, are born or live can have a pretty profound impact on Absolutely. the type of lifestyle we can lead. And so it's really coming in and trying to disrupt that. Yeah. You know, in, in the more and more, the deeper I get into social determinants and, and just, you know, community health in general, that the collaboration you were talking about is, is the anchor of the, the health improvement that I'm, that I'm mm-hmm. noticing. And so I totally agree with you with, with that is, is getting involved with, the people who are on the front lines, and exactly who mm-hmm. who got their ear to the street and know what's going on, because they can they can really bring in that that change, that cultural change of, of health. Yeah, and I also think it's it's somewhat mildly arrogant to think that you, as an outsider who really doesn't understand the unique challenges that the right. community faces, can come in with the solution. Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, when it comes to social determinants, like I was just talking about, we talk a lot mm-hmm. about transportation, where people live. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel or what are your thoughts on physical activity being a part of that conversation? Is physical activity, should it be more of an important part of the social determinants of health when we talk about it? Yes, I, I think it should. And, and, I, and I, I am encouraged that I think um, there is becoming increasing awareness through um, some of the leading organizations that 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 is in fact the case, like in um, what is it, Healthy People 2030? Yeah. Um, they they have included access to nutritious foods and physical act- activity opportunities as being an example of one of those social determinants of health that we really haven't done a great job of helping to address. And so I, I think we are starting to see some small wins. Um, the other thing is that. I think it's like 2015, 2016, the World Health Organization each year, they, they go about and they, they identify these best buys and they identify physical activity as kind of a, a best buy in that it, it confers a great deal of benefit with little or no risk. And so, you know, getting, getting that type of um, recognition and support, uh, I, I think the real challenge is, is that while there's scores and scores of, of data that uh, indicate that physical activity can profoundly impact health and non-communicable diseases and, 
and you know things like hypertension, diabetes, can- certain types of cancer, um, it's still difficult to get people to engage. And, and that, that's really where I, I, I see a positive shift. And I think a lot of organizations are starting to focus more on kind of lifestyle behavior change and, and kind of behavioral psychology to try to help individuals kind of make these, these small consistent steps toward moving from an inactive lifestyle to a more active lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's with all the information we have, it's not like the people that we see or we provide service for, they know that exercise is important. It yes. just ain't trying to do it. How do we change that behavior? Like what, what's, what are those first steps? I know AC, the things you guys are doing with the partnerships and the, the physical activity models you were just talking about, but how do we get people to think of exercise as not a chore, but just as a part of their daily life and what they do and, and to improve their health? Well, there are a couple of thoughts that I have. And one, you're, you're spot on, because if we were to ask 10 individuals, do you think exercise is important and beneficial and so forth? I would be surprised if we didn't get all 10 saying yes. Yeah. But if we ask those same 10 individuals, do you exercise regularly? Are you regularly physically active? We'd probably get about two who would say yes. (laughs) And so what's the disconnect between knowing that it's good for you and beneficial and doing it? And it really is, it is, it is rooted in kind of, um, kind of behavioral psychology and behavior change, the science of behavior change and so forth. And I think the way you started this podcast with me, where you asked me, what's my why? Mm-hmm. I think we've got to take more time in trying to understand people's why that relates to physical activity. And I think too often we've been so singularly focused on either getting more fit in terms of you know, having a, a better body and being stronger, and being able yeah. to run faster, as opposed to how can it positively impact my lifestyle and allow me to do those things that I want to and I need to do in life. And that takes establishing a relationship. That takes asking questions, but more importantly, being a good active listener. Because one of the things we try to tell kind of teach our professionals is that don't come in there trying to be the expert and trying to wow people with your, your knowledge and expertise, but really come in there to try to be that kind of trusted guide that people can look to, to help them in this often difficult journey for most people. And we kind of like to use the analogy of try to shift from wrestling with your clients to try to get them to do what they shouldn't ought to do and that you know is best for them mm-hmm. as a and and shift that to coming and becoming a dance partner with your client where you are understanding them so that you guys can work collaboratively to move them gradually towards this sustainable active lifestyle and and I think initially shift the focus from these kind of performance-related outcomes and goals and shift it just to process goals. Mm. Just if they can, you know, it's just like a nutrition that they, they will tell people, don't try to radically change your diet, maybe focus on one thing. You know, if, if, you're, a, if you're a big uh, soda drinker, maybe try to replace that with water. 
The same thing with activity. If, if, if you're a person who hasn't done much, just try to just try to find some little activity snacks that you can do. Just try to introduce a little bit more movement in your day and, and, and kind of start there and build on that. And, and I think too often we try to push people from zero to 60 in terms of their activity status much too quickly. Yeah. You know what I've also noticed, you know, Cedric, I love your thoughts on this, especially with the population that I serve and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. the the community that I serve, it's this all or nothing mentality. So if I were Mm -hmm. to tell someone, Hey man, just to start with, you know, you know, this, the research says that, you know, a 20 minute walk three days a week is, is Mm -hmm. good or whatever. Oh, they're like a walk. Like, Like how's walking going to improve my health? I need to be in the gym seven days a week, you know, lifting all the weights and they just, they can't separate their mm-hmm. mind from a simple walk being great for great exercise from what they see on social media or anything like that. Well, and, and it is a challenge because between social media, between even what the industry does and promotes, um, you know, things like we, we always hold up the most fit as kind of the model and the example and, and really while there's the thought that that's aspirational for folks, but it's so unattainable that I think what it does is it causes folks to almost have a defeatist attitude. It's like, I can't do that. I, I won't get there. And so why even try? And that's why I think it's so important to really kind of identify some small wins and get people to focus on some other things in terms of if they just move a little bit more, how, how does their sleep improve? The, do, are they better able to handle the many stresses in life that we all face? Do they have, you know, a, a better outlook when they come home and they're interacting with their, with their significant others and, and, and family members? Really try to kind of focus on other wins as opposed to did you lose 10 pounds or did you, did you gain a, a, you know, a quarter of an inch on your biceps? Because at the end of the day, that stuff, um, doesn't matter as much as kind of changing your, your approach and your review, your view to kind of adopting that healthy lifestyle. And, and, and an example too, is that the American Diabetes Association in their most recent guidelines, it's so important for an individual impacted with diabetes to disrupt periods of, of physical inactivity and simply get up and move if you're watching television during the commercial breaks, yeah. as little as two minute little movement bouts can help those individuals with their glycemic control. And so helping people to realize that there is a lot to be gained from doing little bouts of activity. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, 45 minute workout because end of the day, it's like loose change in your pocket. It all adds up to real money. Mm-hmm. It may not be as big as a 20, but you know, you, you add up those quarters and all of a sudden you have a 20. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. $5 is better than nothing. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, when we, when we spoke before, you know, Cedric, we were talking about, you know, the um, some of the programs within our communities to improve exercise and um, what, what stood out to me, you know, my first thought was, you know, what about those people um who don't have access to a gym membership or to a, a safe place, but they also have all four seasons. So maybe they 
can't go out for a walk in the in the winter, which is a, it's a real thing. I mean, there are times mm-hmm. in here in the Midwest it, it gets cold. Just thinking yes. about going outside is you get get a chill. So you know, mm-hmm. how what can we do to in um just to to motivate those people to improve the physical activity of those given that situation? For those individuals, I I would encourage them to look for every opportunity to move and and because of the inclement weather that may not be outdoors. The other thing that we need to help make make it easier for people to be aware of is that there are a lot of free resources that are available um, online, you know, because I think just about everyone has a smartphone these days. Mm-hmm. And so you can access a lot of good quality content. For example, on our, on our website, we offer a lot of free content in terms of, you know, different exercises they can try, different games they can play with their, with their kids, with their families, um, you know, and, and there are a lot of organizations that, that offer such activity opportunities. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's great. So um, if you were speaking to one person right now um, mm-hmm. and, and they were wanting to, they're, they're saying, Cedric, I want to, I want to get healthier um, I want to exercise more. What's that? What's that one step they can take to to improve their health? You know, for for the better. I would say um, to start small. Just look for any and every opportunity to move. And there, uh, a good friend of mine has a saying that I love, um, and he says. Ordinary things done daily eventually lead to extraordinary results. Mm-hmm. And this is an individual who was uh, significantly impacted by overweight and obesity. Um, in fact, he was uh, so large and, and, and so deconditioned that when he started his exercise program, guess how long? His exercise bouts were. And how was that? What, five minutes? 30 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he has a thing where he says 30 seconds to victory. And he mm. just was consistent, built upon that. And now he's a person who's exercising well beyond the recommended guidelines. D- did it take him a while? Absolutely. But just that, that consistent commitment to doing a little bit more movement each day and really experimenting and trying different movements to find out things that you enjoy is, is the, I think the best advice I could give anyone. Right. That, that, and that's a good word. Cause I, I feel like for a lot of people, it's hard to, when you're on the journey, it's hard to see the finish line. It's hard to see mm-hmm. where you're going, especially when you maybe you're suffering from, you know, multiple chronic diseases and, that's you right. Know, you needed to start a year ago and now you're trying to start. You're like, man, I need to, I need to get this going. Um, it's, I can see it being hard for someone to think, man, 30 seconds, that's not going to get me where I need to go. Right. That that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And next thing you know, you're, you're, you're doing great things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Cedric, thank you so much for your time today on the podcast. I really, truly appreciated it. Um, anybody listening, that wanted to learn more about you, uh, learn more about ACE and what you guys are doing over there. Where can where can they find you? They can go to our website, um, uh, acefitness.org. 
um, acefitnessalloneword.org um, is where they can find. And also, um, they can find a lot of great information and, and resources um, to help them on their physical activity journeys. Awesome. Well, again, Cedric, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and everyone, thank you for listening. Hey. I'll highlight you next time. And Corey, thank you so much for the opportunity. And, and I just want to give a shout out to you. I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, um, thank you so much. Yes. I'm just I'm doing, I'm doing my part in, in trying to help, you know? <laughs> awesome, guys. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I'll holler at you next time.